Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. I'm overwhelmed by the gift of salvation. And that's what I'm going to share about. He has a joy for us that this world can't give us. I think I'm going to need a lot of tissues, so I'm going to just take them. Um, you know, I, I prepared notes, and I, God does this to me, and he wrecks me, and I'm like, oh, God, why do you make me feel so vulnerable? But I guess this is what he wants. I was driving in with Sal this morning. And I say, God, who am I? That you would have me share before people, before you too, before. About the gift of salvation. And in my kitchen this morning, there was such an urgency in my spirit about this. It came on me very weighty, very, very weighty. I believe there are people here and there are people watching that are truly at a crossroads. And his arms are stretched out for you today to receive the very gift that no one can take from you. Whether you've been saved for 30 years or two days or haven't encountered him yet, he's a covenant-keeping God. I want to say it again. He's a covenant-keeping God. And like Pastor Bill said today, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And, you know, the joy of salvation, It's a knowing deep inside. It's not circumstantial, you know, and and sometimes we, we may say, well, I don't have joyful things happening or happy things happening around me. But the one thing that anchors me is when I go back and I remember my salvation experience, I remember that I became a new creation in Christ Jesus and that the old things passed away and all things became new. There's something very special about that. It's it's not to be taken for granted. We are a new 
creation. We have been now born, been born again by the spirit of Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And, and to think like, I've been a native New Yorker all my life and I've worked here in downtown Manhattan and I got saved here in, at a investment bank and, and I was able to encounter his presence in the office. We had supernatural encounters where I would smell fragrance of roses when there were no roses to be found. In an investment bank. I knew that Jesus was present and it was just because we were fellowshipping and talking about his goodness. You see, he likes to show up suddenly. And I just feel like I, I prepared, I got five pages of notes and I'm, I know I'm gonna go off script and it's okay. I, I don't even have any of this here. I, I, this is what he does. But he wants us to know that the only way we can go back to that salvation experience is Psalm 51 and it says, create in me, oh God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit a right and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence, O God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. And I asked Holy Spirit, God, why was this Psalm written? So thank God for Google. <laughs> he speaks through Google. He, the, the Psalm was written by David after he did horrible sins. He took the wife of his um, armsman, um, Uriah, thank you. And he had him killed. And he had a child with his wife that was then died after it was born several years later and then they had a second child and that second child was Solomon and despite his wrongdoings God saw his contrite spirit 
And I guess that's why I feel this urgency today. Is that the Lord is not looking for prideful people. But he's looking for those who are broken and contrite in spirit. And he wants to consume you with his presence. He wants to give you his nature, his promises. And it's such good news because he's no respecter of persons. You could be so guilty of sin and yet his mercy covers you because you choose to repent. You choose to say, forgive me, Lord, for I've sinned. You, you choose to say, I can't live this life without you. And coming into New York City, this city has a lot of pride in our own accomplishments or but yet this city has been humbled many of times and the Lord wants to invade this city he wants to touch every single person with his love to think in this city every tongue and tribe and nation are dwelling here and that God would allow this house to be established here to be a praying center to be a presence center that whoever comes into this house could encounter the very presence of God. His word says that his kingdom would have no end. And last week when Colt was sharing about Jesus entering into the temple and turning over the tables, he saw the religious activity that was, was taking place in, 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 the, in the temple of God. And that's not what he wanted. He didn't want it to be cheapened by buying and selling. He, he wanted the priests to acknowledge the very presence of God. And so he had to flip the system. He had, to, he had to break the religious mindset because like Colt shared, he was the perfect lamb that was slain for all of humanity standing right there. And his very presence was taking off blinders from people. And 
There was one in particular, Nicodemus. And I found it really interesting that after Jesus did that very act in the temple, that the very next chapter has to do with Nicodemus. And he's a high priest. He, he knows the scriptures, but he also is realizing there's something really lacking in his life. So he comes to meet Jesus in the secret place. And he asks him this question. Let's, let's go to John chapter 3. Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a member of the Sanhedrin among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these things, these wonders, these these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Those are strong words from Jesus. He cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying today, you must be born again. You must. And just like Nicodemus, one would say, but how? I don't understand how, how, how can one be born again? I'm old. How am I going to go back in my mother's womb? I mean, it's like a legitimate question. Like, I don't know. And Jesus, oh, I love him. He says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, He cannot ever enter into the, oh, I'm sorry, enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical and is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again. 
reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. The wind blows. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's the wind of God. Where it wishes. Each one of you is a wish. There is some today that a wish will come true. And he's going to cause his spirit to come alive within you. It doesn't make sense in our carnal thinking. But the spirit within us says, yes, it's the seed of God that he planted within each one of us when we were fashioned and formed in our mother's womb. It gets awoken. It comes alive. It begins to take over if we allow it. He won't bypass our free will. We have to surrender our will to him. And I just know today that in this house, we really get to testify about miracles. And sometimes we get to pray for the miracles and the miracles don't happen. And those that we love can become very brokenhearted because they're holding on to that faith that this house believes in miracles. And so I can hold on when I can't hold on anymore. But maybe the miracle didn't happen. And when those things happen in our lives as we walk with the Lord, he wants us to go back to salvation to help us to continue to persevere in the faith because the enemy would try to come in to steal, kill, rob, and destroy that oneness, that, that encounter of becoming born again when things don't happen the way he might have, we might have thought he promised it would happen. And yet we have to surrender. Just like Jesus said, nevertheless, Father, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And I, I know that I know. You know, I called, I, I said that this message is the joy of thy salvation. And, and yet it, it sounds 
sobering. Like there's like this contradiction sometimes within us of, of the urgency of how sometimes we could even lose that joy of salvation when things are around us and, and things are becoming like we can't make sense anymore. And yet he says, I just want you to trust me. Like Pastor Bill said, if we wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength. There is this supernatural experience. We could come in one way, and yet when we spend time with him, he begins to elevate us into his perspective, an eternal life that he's given us, even though hardship may be all around us. And that's the joy that we get to anchor into. That's, that's the fullness of his love for us. Again, money can't buy this. And... You know, he, he says the only way that you could enter into this faith with God is becoming childlike. It's like he's starting the process all over again when you're born again. You know, you could be 85. You know, Abraham's encounter with God was a born-again experience. He fathered a child in his old age. It makes no sense. But with the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. And this is the life that God wants us to lead. He, he wants us to lead a life that doesn't make sense with us in our mind, but in our heart, it's continually saying yes. <laughs> it's saying yes to Jesus. It's saying yes when he says, come follow me. And I, I just feel like today I had the honor of being in the intercessory room and and I said to my husband this morning, like, Sal, I wrote all these notes. <laughs> and all I kept feeling was that Psalm 51, create in me, oh God, a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence, oh God. And I just kept singing it unto him. And I said to Sal, I feel such an urgency for salvation. I, I can't express to you, it's like a mother. You know, when, when a child may go astray, there's an urgency within that mother that that child doesn't get hurt. And there's only one 
that can protect like no other. It's our Father in heaven. And, you know, doing all these Bible studies, we're so blessed that this past year of COVID, when it's trying to cause fear and everything amongst us, this house pressed into prayer, this house pressed into his word so that his word would be magnified in us despite what's going on around us. And his perfect love casts out fear. And even though that we, we go through these seasons when we can feel fear around us trying to raise its ugly head. His word is truth. And his word becomes our anchor. His word transforms us to say, I'm ready to step out again. I'm ready to, to do what he's told me that I can do. And I just want to say to you that God the Father loved the world so much. And he kept seeing how mankind was trying to make themselves right with God and then they would fail. You know, they would just stumble again and they would just stumble again. And, and he says, there's only one solution. I'm going to give my son. I'm going to give my son, my only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. There's something about that everlasting life that God wants to give us, and it's only through Jesus. He, he, he was the fullness. He did everything. He, he was born of the virgin. He walked the earth. He encountered everything that each one of us encounters on this earth. There is nothing that Jesus did not en encounter that we have not encountered. It all happened on the cross. Every sinful nature, every, every kind of broken fellowship, Jesus took it upon himself to experience that separation from the Father so that he would be able to intercede on our behalf. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, God rose him from the dead. And he gave us this new life. He gave us this new life 
that when we were once lost, he made us found. He found us. And I, I just want you to know, too, that Jesus was telling the disciples when miracles were happening and they came back really joyful about what they were able to do, he, he said to them, don't like be so puffed up about all these miracles that you're able to do. Be grateful that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You know, sometimes when Holy Spirit's in our life and, and you're able to do great exploits, a spirit of pride could kind of attach itself to you. And he was warning his disciples of that because now all of a sudden people want that gift. And you can get puffed up spirit, like religiously or spiritually and take heed to this. We need not to, especially in this city where pride is like a foundation. You know, like some places aren't as prideful, but this city's full of a lot of pride. And God is looking again and I'll say it again, for a broken and contrite spirit, he will not despise. And so it's an honor that the Lord is bringing us into this invitation of tarrying in his presence. As believers, sometimes we can get puffed up and proud and say, well, I'm saved. But there's a greater work that God wants to do in us and through us. That greater work is sometimes, not sometimes, it should be all the time. For us to want to see souls coming into the kingdom, loved ones being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes just like Jesus was rejected by his own hometown, we may not be able to reach our loved ones but we can stand in the secret place and pray for those that are separated from this fellowship and believe for others to come in and speak life into them and the truth of the gospel. And so today, 
I believe with all my heart that the joy of salvation is the greatest gift that God can ever give us. All the miracles, signs, and wonders are to lead us to salvation. But the greatest gift that he's given us is salvation. Being equipped as saints to operate in the gifts of God is to bring people into salvation. Not to say, oh, I know this person's life. It's to bring people, to draw them near to God and saying, how do you know that? As we study the gift of prophecy or it's to bring you closer to him. Today in the, in the, in the prayer room with the saints of God, they were praying the very message, the scriptures that I prepared. They didn't know. But the spirit of God reveals it to us. He, he allows us to see, wow, look at, look at the supernatural happening. Look at, look at how when what is impossible with man is possible with God. Look at how when maybe you had difficulty like myself with reading comprehension. That when you read his word, you understand. Only God. Only his Holy Spirit. And there are those that have this gift of salvation and yet have gotten hurt from the body. Or relationships. And they don't trust anymore. They, they're hurt. So they isolate. But God is saying to you today, He wants to restore the joy of salvation to you. He wants to restore that fellowship with him first. That's perfect. And sometimes that could be contradictory when your life isn't perfect. It offends your mind. But if you receive it with your heart, his perfect love restores fellowship again. And you can cry with him. You could scream at him. You could punch him. And he won't move. His love, 
His arms outstretched are wrapped around you, helping you get healed up from all that pain. And I, I know that I know we are coming into a season of people getting really healed up. That this house will be an encountering place of people seeing Jesus face to face. Of people being delivered sovereignly from the presence of God. I know that I know. Yes. Can I ask you to stand? No, the gentleman that just raised his hand, I'm sorry. I just know that I know you're a man after God's own heart. I know that I know. that God sees the prayers that you've prayed. I don't know who you are, but I know that I know the prayers that you've prayed will avail much. Be encouraged, be encouraged. The Lord wants to do great exploits in all of us, but it's only through a broken and contrite spirit. <laughs> Sometimes we think Just because we get to hang around like the disciples were hanging around Jesus. That they were the chosen. <laughs> and yet God knew all their frailties. And he knew what they were going to encounter. And I love that about God. It's like he gives us this level playing field. He really does want to do great miracles. And it's in that place of tarrying in his presence when we realize the grace that's been imparted into our lives, that we can believe for others' salvations to happen. We have to go back to that place of realizing how lost we were without him.
or how prideful we were without him. When I was younger, <laughs> they used to call me a know-it-all. <laughs> I was nasty. I was. I was arrogant. And it was only when I got saved that I really realized how much I needed him. I might have known about him, but I didn't know him. I didn't allow him when I thought I knew about him to press the buttons and deal with sin in my life. But yet, by his Holy Spirit, was doing the work to make me pliable, to make me say, okay, you can get rid of that in me. And a lot of it got dealt with through being, through being broken and contrite in spirit. It was places of repentance in the secret place that God was transforming me into his image. And I really believe that we have been called as priests to in this season to believe for that. But the only way we'll see the transformation happen is if we don't come into it, the holy of holies with a spirit of pride, but with a spirit of humility. So I, I just want to ask everyone to stand now. Thank you, Jesus. Kevin, do you think you could sing Psalm? 51 that create in me a clean heart. <laughs> I know it's on the spot. <laughs> mm. 
Father, we thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We receive the gift. We remember the gift of our first encounter. of what it was to be born again. And if there's anyone here today that does not have a personal relationship, just like Nicodemus, He might have known some things about Jesus. He was a priest. Or maybe you have no knowledge at all of God. But God wants you. He's calling your name today. He wants to draw near to you as you draw near to him. He wants you to experience this supernatural life. If that's you, could you be bold enough to say, here I am by just raising your hand. If you, if you want that connection with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe you're on YouTube and you're in your house and it's just you. Well, you know what? He wants to step into that room with you. He wants to sit with you and live life with you. He's not removed from you. He will not cast you aside. God, we just thank you that you want to create in us a clean heart. You want to renew in us a right spirit.
You want us to be filled with you. You want us to receive the reward of your suffering. You want us to, to know and experience the height, the width, the length of the eternal love of God. You want us to be assured that our names are forever written in blood in the Lamb's book of life. And God, just like we said this morning, as we wait upon the Lord, you will restore strength. You will restore hope. You will give grace to us to mount up with wings like eagles. We will be able to run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint because our hope is in the Lord. And God, we pray for miracles and signs and wonders, healing of bodies, delivering people from cancer, delivering people from depression, delivering people from anxiety. God, we pray for this so that people can have right fellowship with you again that they may walk in the destiny and purpose that you've ordained them before the foundation of the earth.